This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast on this day after Christmas. I hope uh, Santa was good to everybody. As we look ahead to a very, very busy week in the NFL, week 17, the playoffs coming uh, very quickly into focus, and obviously all the bowl games, and we will touch on those a little later in the week as the bigger ones start to come your way. The early bowls really have lost any appeal because of how many of these players just sit out, how many go into the portal, uh, how many don't play with injuries. I mean, it's so erratic. It's almost impossible to predict what's going on with those games. And to me, those bowls have completely lost any appeal when, when there is so little participation in these games. It really is sad. There's empty seats and nobody's in the stands and nobody's on the field. Uh, they, the games are a joke, let's be honest. Okay, let's get to... One really big factor, which was Christmas Day was not good to three of the really big teams as we head down the stretch of the season. Now, four of them were playing, so which means one of them came out smiling. That was the Ravens. But for Kansas City, for Philadelphia, and for San Francisco, It was a very, very rough and in many cases revealing Christmas Day. We start with the Chiefs who are crawling to the finish line. They have completely lost their way offensively. Uh, You see now it has unnerved Mahomes to the point where you see him dressing down the offensive line on the sideline, gesturing to wide receivers. During the game, Kelsey looks way off his game, and this has nothing to do with Taylor Swift, so uh, let's not start with that mindless chatter, okay? But the bottom line is the Kansas City offense, which was such a machine, has completely lost all its energy, all its efficiency. They could not move the ball against the Raiders, and the Raiders are not a great ball club. They've played well under Antonio Pierce, and I've always liked Antonio. And I'm glad to see him do this. And the team has played very hard, and he deserves serious consideration to be the coach next year. I hope he gets it. But uh, And I don't want to take anything away from the Raiders, but the Chiefs are revealing each week that this offense just cannot find its way. They have started to bring Rice into the fold, which I thought would settle things down. It hasn't. Teams are taking Kelsey away. He is trying to force the ball to Kelsey. Kelsey's committing turnovers in frustration. I mean, penalties in frustration. Uh, He even looks unsettled. Nothing looks crisp. Nothing looks explosive in that Kansas City attack right now. And for them to fall at home, 
to a rated team that they have completely dominated is a very, very bad sign at this point of the season. It is getting very hard to believe that Kansas City can put this all together. Now, we know they're going to the playoffs, but for the first time this year, every game on the way to the Super Bowl is not going to be an arrowhead or the new name, Gaja Stadium. The bottom line is it's not going to be there. It is going to be on the road, which is another, another pitfall along the way. Not insurmountable, but a pitfall. But let's be honest, it's been a long time since you've sat there and said Kansas City has played good football. They lost to the Packers. They lost to the Bills. They uh, beat New England, but not impressively. And then they lose at home to the Raiders in a game that, let's be honest, we all thought Kansas City would roll in. They're going to the postseason. There's no question about that. But yesterday they opened more questions than answering anything. And right now, they don't look like a serious contender. I would never rule them completely out. I think the defense is good. I think Spags will have a very good defensive game plan. I don't ever want to take anything away from Andy and Mahomes and Kelsey. They're always going to be dangerous, but it's hard to like them right now the way they're playing. Now to the Eagles, who you felt would put a beating on the Giants yesterday. And again, they won the game. You can say they won the game Not comfortably, but you never thought the Giants were going to win the game. But here's the bottom line. The same issues continue to crop up for the Eagles, and they don't get them stamped out. Hurts continues to throw the killer interception. Yes, he moves the club. They moved the ball at will yesterday. He made some dynamic plays yesterday, some dynamic throws. We know how good the offensive line is, okay? No one's taking anything away from their offensive prowess, but they cannot live with the turnovers. And they are extremely vulnerable to the big play. As you saw late with Tyrod Taylor, the 69-yard touchdown pass after he replaced uh, the golden boy, uh, the bottom line is the Eagles are woefully weak in coverage. It's not going to improve to a very good level. And they continue to just turn the ball over in the worst ways, in the killer ways. Buffalo does the same thing. And now Kansas City is doing the same thing. All three of these quarterbacks are having these issues. And there are issues you don't want to have as you go to the postseason. So while Philly won yesterday, and they're going to win the division, they're not going to be the one seed, which we know. But the bottom line is they have got to figure out a way to cut out these critical errors of judgment and all the big miscues on offense and they have to stop the big pass play, which has killed them. It killed them in the Seattle game. 
it killed him again yesterday. You know, you get a pick six for a touchdown, then you get a 69-yarder to Slayton. And it kept the Giants in the game. Now, they moved it at will. And the offense, let's be honest, the, the offense was purring. I mean, the Giant defense is not bad. It's, it's not great. But it's, it's, you know, it's had its moments. But the Eagles just, you know, had, had their way with them. Uh, Hurts throws for 300 yards. All right. He scores a touchdown on the ground, which he always does. Swift gets 90 yards rushing. Brown gets 80. Smith gets 79. Goddard gets 71. All in the pass game. You know, they have, you know, 465 yards of offense. They have 170 rushing, 295 passing. They have great balance there. You know, they make first downs. They make second down, uh, fourth downs. They convert fourth downs. They convert third downs. They're efficient there, but they continue to make the big mistake both ways, both in the secondary and at quarterback, and it's got to stop. And then to the Niners, first let's take it from the Ravens' standpoint since that goes to the victors. San Francisco moved the ball last night. They turned the ball over five times. When you're minus five in turnovers, you're not winning the game. I mean, let's be honest. You just There's no way to win the game. Even if you move the ball as well as the Niners moved the ball last night. And they did. They outgained the Ravens by almost 100 yards. Okay, they could move the ball. They just turned the ball over. And Purdy, who went into the game the leader for the MVP, came out way down on the list after in front of the whole world, including the entire NFL, a four-interception nightmare. If you're interested in the MVP, I think McCaffrey's now the favorite. I don't think any of the quarterbacks have distinguished themselves to the point where they deserve an MVP this year. I know it's a quarterback award. If you care about such things, I think McCaffrey's now the favorite to win it. Hill would need a couple of huge games to thrust himself into the mix and missing that game hurt him. Uh, I think McCaffrey's going to win the MVP if, if you care about such things. Now, San Francisco can say, hey, we tighten up. We don't make the mistakes we made last night. But they might see the Ravens again. And the Ravens now have established themselves where if they beat Miami this week, they will lock up the one seed. They won't have to play the last game of the season, which is going to be very important for another team because they can take the week off. And that would be a very, very big positive for, uh, what's called, for Pittsburgh, who plays the Ravens in week 17. So I'll get to Pittsburgh in a minute. But there's a distinct possibility of that. The Dolphins have the Ravens followed by a game with the Bills. That Buffalo game could be very big in a lot of ways, obviously. Now, as we said, the Ravens, you got to give them credit. They did a lot of good things. They, uh, you know, the quarterback was good. He wasn't great, but he was good. 
He continues his mastery of the A of the NFC, which we all know his record is amazing against the NFC. It continues last night, but really it was the defense last night that set the tone in that game. And again, Purdy had a nightmare. They really uh, did a good job in that regard. When you get five turnovers, five interceptions, counting the last one, four for Purdy, one for Sam. Um, I don't understand a meaningless one, but you know the point. You understand it. The bottom line is this doesn't ruin San Francisco. It ruined Purdy's MVP. San Francisco moved the ball. They weren't shut down. They just turned the ball over all the time. These teams might see each other again. San Francisco is still in a very good position. So I'm not as alarmed about them as I would be about the Eagles in terms of them getting to a Super Bowl and in terms of Kansas City making a run. Because I, see real, I don't see real weaknesses in the Niners. I see real weaknesses in the Eagles and the Chiefs. Now, as we get ready for week 17, there are six teams that are already in the playoffs. San Francisco's in, Detroit's in, Philly's in, Dallas is in, Baltimore's in, Miami's in. The biggest game this weekend is really, in essence, a playoff game. There are a couple of big games between teams that are all in the playoffs. And that's going to impact seeding. It's going to impact how hard teams play in week 18. It's going to impact things like that. Uh, Division titles, who's wild cards, all that kind of stuff. But the game that is going to decide who gets in and who doesn't on both sides is Pittsburgh at Seattle. The winner of that game has a great chance to win out Pitt could get the Ravens, and they might not need the game if they beat uh, the Dolphins this week. Seattle gets the Cardinals, and if they can beat Pittsburgh at home, and they've pulled out the last two games out of the fire. They did it against the Eagles in prime time. They did it in Tennessee with Geno getting the ball down the field in the final three minutes after the Titans had scored a go-ahead touchdown on a couple of really bad defensive penalties. Pitt at Seattle is an enormous game this weekend. The two games that are very big as far as seeding and everything else, the Lions at the Cowboys and the Dolphins at the Ravens, all those teams are in the playoffs. But we're talking about whether you're going to win a division title or be a wild card. The Cowboys are most likely going to be a wild card. The Dolphins hope they can make the Bills a wild card. That's still up in the air. Because I don't see Philly losing to the Cards or the Giants in the last two weeks of the season. That would mean they win the division title, no matter what the Cowboys do. Obviously, if the Cowboys lose, then the, the, the last game against the Giants won't matter. Although it could matter if you're interested in things like second seed, versus third seed, and stuff like that. But that really doesn't motivate these teams dramatically. One seed does. Baltimore's one game from locking up the one seed. San Francisco uh, has the tiebreaker over Detroit because they have a better conference record. Um, 
they obviously also beat Philly, San Francisco, so that's not not an issue there. Um, so as long as San Francisco, the, you don't know if San Francisco is going to have to play Week 18. Remember, they play the Rams in Week 18. They have the they have Washington this week, and then they have the Rams next week. Now the Rams have the Giants, and then San Francisco, and we'll see what's up with the Niners in that last week. Um, obviously, San Francisco, Detroit, Philly, Dallas are all going to the playoffs. We don't know yet who's going to win the division. Philly has a game up and a tiebreaker on the Cowboys, so they could lock things up this week. Um, In the AFC, you still have Baltimore. They're going to be the one seed. You have Miami. Kansas City's going to win the division, but they're not going to be a top seed. Jacksonville is now in a three-way tie at 8-7 and as their collapse continues. We don't know about Lawrence. He's had so many injuries in the last couple of weeks. Cleveland is going to the playoffs. They will cement that when they beat the Jets on Thursday night. Uh, That will be a tough game for whoever's standing at quarterback for the Jets because they are going to, with their defense and their pass rush, they're going to dismantle a Jet offensive line. And they are going to be in an incredibly celebratory mood in Cleveland on Thursday night. They have waited for this. They are going to be wild, okay? Can you imagine the scene in Cleveland Thursday night knowing they can lock up a playoff spot? Now, they're pretty – I'm missing the 10-5. They're going to the playoffs. They theoretically could get in without another win. But they can lock things up as far as that's concerned next this Thursday night against the uh, Jets and – that's going to be a wild scene there. They're, they're going to, those fans are crazy, and they, they're going to be you know, just lusting to get to the playoffs. So that's going to be a really – I don't know what the weather forecast is there. Uh, you, know, you don't expect much late December, prime time, Thursday night. You, know, you could get any kind of weather there. You could get snow, sleet, wind, rain, anything off that lake. So you can't expect things to be good. Right now, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, expect to go to the playoffs. Rams, Seattle are hoping to go to the playoffs. If these teams win out, they're in. That's it. These teams, other teams need help. You have a three-way tie with Jacksonville at eight and seven. They have hit the skids. We know that. Lawrence is hurt. They have the Panthers this week. And then in week 17, I'm pretty sure they, let me see, Jaguars have the Titans, yes, on the road. Dangerous team. Team that has done a lot of winning in its life. Players who have done winning. So that then then no pushover. But they should get a win this week. Okay. The Colts and the Texans play each other this week. So one of them's going to have another win. So you would expect to come out of this week with Jacksonville at 9 and 7, and either the Texans or the Colts at 9 and 7. We'll see if Stroud's going to play. We don't know that yet. And then you have the Buccaneers who come off a big win over the Jaguars. 
they get the Saints at home this week. And then they close the season against the Panthers. Buccaneers have a very good chance to go to the playoffs, which will be a big, big, big thing for the head coach and for the quarterback. Quarterback has earned himself a good contract. He's played well this year. And that team has been okay. They've gotten a great performance out of Evans this year, and the ageless one. Um, their defense is up and down a little bit, but they've played pretty solid football. You've got to give them credit, and you've got to give the coaching staff their credit. And I'd say that there's a very good chance they're headed uh, to the postseason. But the game to keep an eye on this week is Pitt at Seattle because the winner of that game is in great shape. The loser is going to need a lot of help. And that's a game that obviously in Seattle, you know, Pitt comes off the big win last week. Seattle comes off a couple of wins where they pulled them out of the fire against both the Eagles and the Titans. And other than that, you have a lot of teams that need wins that are going to be looking to beat up a team that's out of it. But that doesn't always happen, as we know. So there's some teams that are going to be playing to play that spoiler role to the hilt over the next two weeks. But the big story that comes out of this is just how vulnerable some of these teams that were rolling have become. You can list Kansas City there. You can list Philadelphia there. You can even put Dallas there. You can put Jacksonville there. Jacksonville was on its way to a really terrific season. Now, they kept rushing. It all changed for them in the Cincinnati game when he got hurt, when Lawrence got hurt. They lost that game 34-31. He limped out of the stadium on crutches in a walking boot. And he played the next week. They rushed him back. He's never missed a game. He's also sustained a shoulder injury. He's also sustained a head injury. And he has come back each game, and he has not played well. They have pushed this kid back into action, and he has pushed himself back into action. And it may not have been the smartest thing because they've lost all these games. They lost to Cincy. Then they lost in Cleveland. Then they got beat by Baltimore. And now they got beat by Tampa Bay. Their season was from 8-3 and three to go to 8-7. and seven. Now, they should be able to right the ship this week against Carolina. But if Lawrence can't play, who knows? And he's got to play better. I understand he's all banged up. I understand he's playing with multiple injuries. But the bottom line is if you're out there, nobody cares. If you're out there, they want you to do the job. And they really, if they don't make the playoffs, it is going to be a very long and bitter offseason for this team that was thinking big things at 8-3. and three. So you have seen these teams just come cascading down while you've seen Baltimore move up. And you've seen Buffalo move up. 
And you've seen, to be fair, the Lions not be impressive at times, but they have continued to click out games, and they've won 11 games this year and a division title. So it's not fair to just ignore their accomplishment and ignore what they've done this year. So the bottom line is, when you think of the big teams, everybody felt San Francisco had established itself as the team to beat. And then Baltimore went out there and beat them. And now Baltimore goes into the one spot. They might see San Francisco again. We'll see if they can get there. The bottom line is they're a talented team. They're a well-coached team. They're a team that can do it on both sides of the ball. You know they can do it on special teams. They are a very sound football team that's going to be uh, tough to beat. I don't take a a lot of way that I'm going to be negative about. San Francisco had one of those nights. They turned the ball over five times. They still move the ball very well. So I'm not as concerned about them. I am concerned, as I said, about Kansas City and Philadelphia. Now, as far as the Giants and the Jets, I made one line comment about the Jets after the game that they even lose when they win. That was an ugly finish to that game. I know they won it. And Washington's the worst team in the league now. And it's funny. I I was watching the game with my boys, and I said, you know, the one thing to watch for in this game is Jacoby Brissett because last week I was watching the Ram game and he came in and he went wild. I said, I wonder how early they'll bring him in today. Well, then off the bench he comes and here he goes again. And there he goes leading him to score after score after score. I don't know what they're going to do with Jacoby Brissett the last two weeks, but Jacoby Brissett has in just a couple of weeks shown you what he can do. He's going to be a very va- – I don't know what his contract status is, but he's going to be a valuable piece going forward if he's able to move around after this year. He's a great guy to have as a two because he can step in and win. And at this point of his life, he'll probably accept that. But I tell you, he could play. And you saw what he did. I mean, he really – he just tore up the Jet defense. And for the Jets, who like to brag about how they just devour quarterbacks, they sat there and couldn't do anything in the second half of that game, offensively or defensively, and were lucky to pull it out. And, you know, the the guys who went there and waged on their Jet team and were like smiles all day and a laugher found that laugher turned into a game where they they won, but they didn't go to the point spread. It was two and a half or three, and they won by two. As for the Giants, I, for one, have not made a whole big deal out of this whole quarterback thing. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of Taylor coming in the game. If you ask me which one is a more accomplished quarterback, I think Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback. Okay, always did. I know he was very upset that he wasn't playing, but he handled it as the team player and the gentleman that he's always been. I mean, that's his reputation. He's a good guy to have on a team. He's a pro. He's a pro's pro. And he, he doesn't do anything to hurt a club. 
And when he was asked to get in there and do something, he got in there and he, you know, he moved the, he moved the club. You know, he put a little, little fear into the Eagles. And to be honest with you, I don't think what happens going forward here these last couple of weeks at quarterback is that important. I really don't. I don't think either of them is going to beat the giant quarterback. Okay, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big issue. I really don't. I'm sure the Rams are interested in it this week, and I'm sure the Eagles are interested in it next week. I understand why. But as far as this season, which is long, long over, and now the Giant fan in Week 17 is just looking at the standings and looking at the draft order because what else is he concerned about with his 5-10 and 10 club? He's not concerned about very much, to be honest with you, you know, Five and ten is five and ten. Nothing is going to look, you know, it doesn't matter if they're six, you know, win six games or win five games. It makes no difference. I understand it makes some difference to the people who play the game. I understand that. But for the fan, he's, just, he's thinking about next year already. Now this, you know, this Tabeel thing got, it got a lot of traction. It gave the fans an interesting diversion for a couple of weeks into the season. I never took it very seriously. The one thing he did well was he didn't turn the ball over. That was it. He didn't throw interceptions. That was really it. Other than that, I didn't see anything outstanding at quarterback. I just think the one thing he didn't do was he didn't turn the ball over. And that will, in the NFL, keep you in a lot of games. That was it. So if Tyrod plays this week, I'm fine with it going forward. And I think the Giants will learn a lot from this year. The question is, can these teams, both the Giants and the Jets, can they move their teams forward to where they need for next year? I mean, clearly, you're, you're the Jets and you're thinking about Aaron Rodgers. So you're thinking about two things. The weapons I put around them, which is number two. Number one is obviously the offensive line. And I think all resources. Would I like to see Devontae Adams opposite Wilson? Yes. Is it imperative? No. Look how many teams get a young wide receiver and quickly incorporate him into their offense as a very explosive performer. It happens all over the league. You don't have to go get a guy making a fortune. But they do have to do anything in their power. And listen, this is imperative and it's not it's not you know really hard to put you know be thinking about this and to zero in on what the issue is just put ol on the wall okay and look at it every day and say this is it this is everything we are is about this every waking hour should be spent on this Because we have to keep that quarterback upright and give him a chance to get rid of the football. 
without getting beat up. And he will deliver the football in that regard. I mean, let's be honest. Hall is a very, very good weapon. Should he be the only back? No, because he's not a great inside runner. He's not a great short yardage runner, but he is an incredibly explosive player. So you have a tough guy who gets the grinding yards, and you have him. That's a good duo. They didn't need Cook. They should free Cook to go play somewhere else while he's got a couple of years left. Worst thing he ever did was come to the Jets. Um, we know Wilson's good. And like I said, you can get a wide receiver on the third round and do great. There's a million of them out there. They come in all shapes and sizes. And they come from all points around the country. One thing there is is a million wide receivers. I mean, there's not a lot of Marvin Harrison Juniors. But if you don't have one of the top three picks in the draft, you're not getting him. He's not going lower than third. And then for the Giants, it's the same thing. There are some other things that have to, but you saw some maturity. I saw some things from the Giants, from individual players, that was distinctly positive going forward. Most of those guys reside on the defensive side of the ball, but not all of them. I saw some very good individual advancement, and that should help them a lot. But they have got to understand the concept, just like the Jets, of offensive line. And the offensive line needs two things, really three things, stability, cohesiveness, and versatility. You need to develop a unit. You need to have versatility inside that unit with guys who can play multiple positions. And you need to develop a, a group of seven, preferably eight, but even seven you can live with that are there to play and man the five spots and can jump into other spots. Those kind of guys are invaluable to a team in the long run. And they just, neither team seems to have been able to grasp the concept of building an offensive line. And that is the biggest thing for both teams. But for the Jets, because of the presence of Aaron Rodgers, it is so much more important. The Giants, there are other issues. For the Jets, that is the issue. 100%. Could Aaron win with the weapons he has there now? Yes. Would you like to see him get one more explosive piece in the offense? Yes. As a pass catcher, yes. You know, you see these tight ends uncovered all the time. Think about how many good young tight ends have been uncovered in this league in the last year. Porter and Kincaid, I go down the list. You can get these guys. Think about how many good young receivers. 
I mean, I could I could click off five or six for you just, you know, who just came out of the draft. It's there. The premium and all the emphasis has to first be on the offensive line. Then you can get a weapon. And I wouldn't listen to Rodgers for his weapons because his weapons did not do well this year. Younger, better weapons. Quicker, younger, more preferable. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 